apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 2012810L, call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter I think right now is the best coach in college basketball, hands down. Vince, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RNJ. I am Steve Risser, along with Justin D'Onofrio. And we are here. It is Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. And uh, we'll start with a matchup between the Browns and the Texans. These teams met three on Christmas Eve, and the Browns won the game handedly. I mean, the, the, the Browns were up for the 30, 36 7. They ended up winning 36 to 22. And what a story it's been for both teams this year. Both teams have been great stories. First with the Browns, what a story with Joe Flacco. This team was sitting, this team. This team was uh, seven and three with Deshaun Watson, and they just had beaten the Ravens on the road. We thought this is this is the year they're they're Super Bowl contenders. And then Watson goes down. Watson uh, goes down for the season. Uh, they tr- they start they try starting uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. That that doesn't that doesn't work. And then they make the call to Joe Flacco, and he lost his first start against the Rams. But now he but 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 uh, since then he's won four games in a row. The team is 11 and six, and they're in the postseason, and for the second time in four years. And then you look over to the Houston Texans with with uh, with with D'Amico Ryan and C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is had an outstanding rookie year, carrying this Houston team to the postseason. So this should be a very exciting game between between these two teams, two coaches that should be the top two candidates, in my opinion, for Coach of the Year this year. So, but for the game. I think this is a really competitive game. I think the first matchup, Case Keenum started. Davis Mills came in the second half, so so the, the Texans will have C.J. Stroud in this game. 
I think it's a close competitive game. I think that uh, both quarterbacks make plays in this game, but I do think both quarterbacks make a mistake or two in this game. I think that happens. And I think this game comes out of the end. But I think the difference in this game is going to be is I'm is going to be the Browns. Uh, the Browns are the more talented team, and I think they figure out a way to win. I think it comes right down to the end of the game where the ball's in C.J. Stroud's hands, but that Browns defense makes a play, especially Miles Garrett. I think Miles Garrett's the guy who makes a play at the end, and that's why I am going to take the Browns to win another playoff game. They won a playoff game in 2020. I think they win. They win a playoff game here. I got the Browns beating the Texans. 23 to 17, but Justin, can CJ Stroud lead the Texans to their first playoff win in four years? I'm with you. I got the Cleveland Browns as well, 20 to 23. Um, I just think, you know, Houston right now, ton of injuries kind of on the offensive side, especially at the uh, wide receiver position. Like they got Nico Collins, who had nine catches on Saturday night. But other than that, you know, Dalton Schultz is a, is a good tight end. But other than that, then, then that, than that could one of their wide receivers kind of step up in this game and i know cleveland's dealing with a bunch of injuries as well um but i'm and i know that defense has not played well outside of you know when they're not at home this year but i do think that cleveland defense does enough to get pressure on cj Stroud, makes things difficult for him um to us from yardage i know they're probably going to struggle to run the football against cleveland defensively but um i i you know joe flacco is probably going to make a mistake or two that's kind of been the theme like he's going to take his shots you know, but as long as it's not putting Houston in, you know, good uh, field position, I do think Cleveland's be able to go on the road in this one and knock off um, the Houston Texans twenty to twenty three. And you brought up Houston's injuries. That's very key in this game. Their lack of de- they, could, they could, yeah, they could be without no, they could be without Noah Brown. They could, they could, yeah, they could. Really, their only reliable receiver in this game uh, could be uh, could be Nico Collins. Yeah, they, they, it could be that without Noah Brown and Robert Woods. So yes, the lack of depth of the receiver could hurt. Also on, on the defensive line. Jonathan Grenard and Will Anderson. They're listed as questionable for this game. So, uh, so yeah, so the injuries definitely could hurt Houston. But the one thing Houston has got to do is, is they can, they cannot – although they're not going to, obviously. They cannot allow Amari Cooper to have the game he had in Week 16. And I think a big thing they got to do is they got to make sure they, – they probably should play some man coverage, and they should have Derek Stingley. This is why you draft this guy number three overall. This is why you draft this guy over Sauce Gardner. He has got to be a difference maker. I think he's got to shadow Amari Cooper in this game. The big, the biggest thing for the Texans is they got to eliminate. Uh, uh, they got to limit Amari Cooper. They got to okay. You can't let what happen. And I know, I know they won't. Demico Ryan's is a really smart guy. He's not going to let it happen. But they just can't allow uh, Cooper to have the game that he had. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see Stingley travel with Amari Cooper. And on the other side, I think it's pretty obvious that the, who the guy you got to stop is Nico Collins. I mean, you take your chances with Houston's running game, but I think the guy you stop is Nico Collins. That's why you got one of the top corners in the league in Denzel Ward. I think we could be seeing uh, a lot of a lot of both corners traveling the top receivers for each of these two teams. Yeah, absolutely, you know, with yeah, Cooper, you know, went over 260 yards in a couple weeks ago against the Texans. So, yeah, and like for Cleveland too, they don't have a ton of depth. Like Elijah Moore is their number two, but he's not great. You know, I know Tillman's questionable in this one, but you know, he hasn't even had a touchdown in the year. Like you know, Cleveland doesn't have a ton of wide receiver depth either where you know they have a really good number two on the other side that could kind of beat you so yeah it's, and then you know, on the other side with collins like yeah he's kind of their main threat right now you know i know they got um you know john mechie but you know coming off you know kind of battling cancer last year hasn't done a ton this year like they're gonna need him to kind of step up in this one xavier hutchinson the, the rookie so yeah yeah like houston's gonna need a couple guys to step up because yeah i would assume cleveland is gonna make it you know 
it's going to make it where CJ, you know, make uh, CJ Stroud try to find somebody else. And then going back to Cleveland now, could that open for like David Njoku? That's kind of been like Flacco's favorite target since coming over and playing with Cleveland because he's had some monster games. Um, you know, since Joe, since Joe Flacco's come come in and been the starting quarterback here as well. You made a great point with David Njoku. I expect David Njoku to have over 100 yards receiving in this game. I think Flacco's going to hit him just like the Jet game because here's the thing. Houston really doesn't have a safety that could that could cover that could cover him. They play zone coverage, but they really don't have a safety that 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 that, that, could, that, that can cover him at all. So I think Nakajoku is gonna he's gonna be the guy. I feel like they're gonna limit Cooper. I think the guy, and I think they're gonna struggle a little bit to run the ball because Houston's got a good run defense. But I think the guy who's gonna have the big game is gonna be David Njoku. I think David Njoku goes over 100 yards in this game for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because yeah, he's he's been a force since you know Flacco's really. Loved using him. Yeah, he had 134 yards against the Jets. He had another, you know, he had uh, 10 targets or 10 catches against the Bears for over 100 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, that's been Flacco's kind of big target. And, yeah, you know, um, if he can kind of get going and kind of help out, you know, for, you know, where, because, yeah, we've talked about kind of Cooper. They're probably going to make it really, you know, they're going to, Demari Cooper's not going to be able to beat them, beat them like they did last time. So, you know, they're going to need somebody to kind of step up. And, yeah, David Njoku could be be that guy that could kind of put some pressure off of um of Amari Cooper in this one. So, yeah, you know, Njoku is going to be kind of a huge key in this one. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it should be a really good game between these two teams, two teams that have had really good seasons. I mean, really, no matter what happens in this game, these two teams have had really good years. I mean, you look at the Cleveland Browns. They lose, they lose Nick Chubb, one of the top running backs in the league. They lose Deshaun Watson. And they're here. They're in the playoffs. <laughs> As you look at a team like the Jets, who wanted to make excuses for losing Aaron Rodgers, look at a team like the Browns. They, they they've lost a ton. They've lost. They lost their starting quarterback in Deshaun Watson. They lost. Uh, they they lost uh, Nick Chubb. They lost Jedrick Wills, Jack Conlon. But they're still here. A lot. That's why Stefanski should be the front runner to, to be coach of the year. And you look at the Texans. You got. No matter what happens in this game, you got to love the future with C.J. Stroud. You are going to have a at least a top ten quarterback. For years to come. That's why Nick Casario better not go to New England. He's got to stay yeah. here because you've got a top 10 quarter, at least, at least a top 10 quarterback, potentially could be a top five quarterback for years to come. Yeah. You know, um, for Cleveland, yeah, it's been a really good year for him. Yeah. With all the injuries they've had to face to get the 11, six, the pickup, Joel Flacco, who, you know, I know with the Hamlin stuff, you know, with comeback player of the year, but Flacco may get that because I know Hamlin didn't play a ton on the field this year. Um, you know, even though I still kind of deserves what he came back from, but Joe Flacco, um, just coming off the couch, nobody wanted him. The Jets didn't want him. Um, and to do what he's been doing here in Cleveland's been impressive. So yeah, so fancy should get it. And yeah, with Houston, um, especially with this division right now, I know we'll get to the Titans and the mistake that they made there. And we'll see what Anthony Richardson could be coming in in um Indianapolis and the Jaguars. You know, they got some issues on there. Like Houston's kinda, you know, we all Kind of going the year, thought Jacksonville was able to kind of win this division. This is finally going to be their time to kind of go at it and make a run here for the next couple of years. But uh looks like Houston and CJ Shout are going to be able to do it. So, yeah, DeMarco Dryan's done a remarkable job here. And, you know, they got to be uh, giving Lovey Smith the thank you note after last year, after uh, winning that game in week 18. They Absolutely. All, uh, Absolutely. Because yeah. they, they might have gone with Bryce Young and they yeah. would not be in the postseason if that happened. Yeah, yeah, pretty different story. So, uh, yeah, Domingo's Ryan's in year one's done a really, really nice job with this team. And, uh, yeah, the future's really bright here in Houston. And after everything with 
Deshaun Watson, a couple years ago, having to trade him, it kind of looks like maybe it's a long rebuild ahead. But, uh, you know, seems like those days are over. All righty, moving on to the Saturday night game between the Dolphins and the Tyree returns to Arrowhead to face his former team. And it is going to be freezing. I think I've heard yeah. like negative one. It is going to be freezing. Yeah. And the thing is, is yeah, a lot of people will say not Miami weather. And I get, yeah, I know the Dolphins aren't used to it, but they are able to run the football. So I do think Miami stays competitive in this game. I do think they now don't do a great job running the ball, but I think they do a decent job running the ball. I know Mostert's banged up, but I think A-Chain, they do a decent job running the football. But I do think Kansas City does a, Pretty good job running the ball with Pacheco as well. It's going to be a tough night to throw the ball, so I do think the Chiefs' defense is going to force uh, force a couple turnovers from Tua. And I do think Mahomes isn't going to have a great night, but I think he's going to be the quarterback in this game. And he's the quarterback that knows how to win these games. We all know he's the quarterback of any quarterback in the postseason that knows how to win playoff games. So he, I think he, he's not going to put up huge numbers, I think, in this weather, but he's going to make less mistakes than Tua, and I think that's going to ultimately be the difference in the game. I think it's going to come down – I think it's going to come down to – come down to how the game ended in, in Germany between these two teams with the ball in Tua's hands and Tua not getting the job done. That's why. And when you got Reed and Mahomes at home against McDaniel and Tua, even though the Dolphins have the better roster, you got to take Reed and Mahomes over McDaniel and Tua. That's why I got the Chiefs beating the Dolphins 20 to 13 on Saturday night in Kansas City. But Justin, can the Dolphins get revenge from week nine, and win their first playoff game in 23 years. No, I'm with you in this one. I got KC 24 to 17. Yeah, you mentioned the weather on Saturday night. Yeah, I heard yeah, the second half, I guess the feel like temperature is supposed to be minus 18. So, wow. I, yeah, it's going to wow. be one of the colder games in NFL history. And, and Tua, so he grew up in Hawaii, played Alabama. This is a, he's never played in a game that temperature's been below 48 degrees. So, That's crazy. Yeah, so this is gonna be a different, you know, uh, totally different for for Tua, and I just and I think Miami's gonna struggle offensively because they need the big plays to kind of sustain their drives. Like they they need those big chunk yardage, and I don't think they're really gonna get it in this game. You know, I don't think Tua was totally healthy. I don't think he threw the ball as much zip as he usually does last week. Now with that shoulder and in this weather, I don't think that's gonna help at all in this one. And I and I agree with you. I think the Chiefs are going to shut down the running game, and I think Kansas City wins this game, twenty-four to seventeen. Um, you know, Miami's just got so many defense, you know, injuries. I know, and they just signed um, what Justin Houston and Melvin Ingram, I think, or Malcolm Reed. Like they're kind of bringing guys off the street for this game. I just think you know, Kansas City's offense are not world beaters this year. You know, they've struggled to really hit big plays like they usually do. Um, but I just I see Miami's offense. I don't, you know, with all the injuries that they've had to face the last couple of weeks, like this offense hasn't been right in a while. And Miami this year against playoff teams are one and five, and they've been outscored by um, ninety-one points. The Patriots had more wins this year, you know, against against the Patriots had two wins, um, you know, or two wins against teams above five hundred. They had more than the, uh, or no, yeah, the Patriots had two up. Teams in the playoffs, the Pittsburgh and yeah, they beat, Buffalo. They beat Pittsburgh and Buffalo, won. yeah. yeah. And Miami was so, one. They, they, all there was, yeah. was was Dallas, yeah. So, yeah, really good point about Miami, just not being able to beat good teams. They are the classic front-running team. They play well against the bad teams. They'll, they'll beat the Patriots twice. They'll beat the Jets twice. They'll beat the Giants. They'll blow out the Commanders. But when it gets tough, this Dolphins team just doesn't get the job done. As we've seen it all year long, this Dolphins team does not get it done outside of the one game against Dallas. That was the only game they got it done 
against a good team. This Dolphins team has just just not gotten it done. And uh, they, I know the Dolphins have had injuries, but they got no one to blame but themselves, the fact they're going on the road in Kansas City, because they had this division. They had this division wrapped up pretty much. They had like a two-and-a-half game lead for most of the season. And and the game, which is which the Dolphins, which is going to be – the, the, the game is, that's going to going to come back to haunt the Dolphins is that Tennessee game. You had a two touchdown lead against Tennessee, and you blew that game. You blew that game. If you win that game, you got the number two seed. You're hosting Pittsburgh. So uh, th- th- that's th- that's the game that's going to haunt the Dolphins. The Dolphins. I don't want to hear about the injuries. The Dolphins should have won this division. They should have won this division, and they, they and they choked. They choked. They should have won the division. And 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 let's be honest. That that's and there's no way you could say that two is a top five quarterback because he's not. Two times, two times he had the ball in his hands against the Chiefs and against the Bills this year, and he didn't get the job done. And you can't call McDaniel. I, I like the job McDaniel's done, but I think the I think the jury's still out, even though he's had two winning seasons. I think the jury's still out of McDaniel. I mean, I think I think he is because because he. I mean, this is a division they had they had they had and they gave it away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, they did. Yeah, Tennessee game. You're up. What, four, 13 points with four minutes left, and you choked that game away. That's and in that game, too, like Hill got hurt, and that offense, that Miami offense, did nothing, you know, most of that game until Hill came back in. Um, so yeah, like McDaniel's done a nice job, but this is the year where this division was all yours. The Bills started six and six, they really the last three weeks have not played great, and you still could not find a way to win that football game when just what and the Bills could, you know. And that game was lucky to only be seven points. The Bills did not convert in three red zone opportunities in that oh, game. Oh, yeah. They, the Bills, that, that, they should not even have had a chance to win that game on yeah. Sunday night. They shouldn't even have had a chance to win the game. Yeah, no. yeah, I mean, yeah, their, off, their offense was shut out. They, 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 they fooled us this year because they put up 70 points, 70 points against the Broncos, and then their offense was shut out in a game that meant so much in the second yeah. half. Yeah, they had one first down, and that was came on the final drive in the, in the second half. They had one first down. I know the Bills did a really good job keeping the ball out to his hands, but that's still that's still uh, that can't happen, you know that that just can't happen. So, yeah, you know this offense they they looked like world beaters when they played nobodies, but yeah, when it came up to the level of competition, you saw what the Ravens did to them two weeks ago. They had what in garbage time they had. I think like you know they started to finally get something going in garbage time, but that's it. Like, yeah, this team looked great against some of the poor competition, but yeah, when they stepped up in class, they just got out toughed and out and out manned and uh, just out physical. Then I think Kansas City's going to be able to do that this week again to them. So look, you know, McDaniels, yeah, nice job kind of turning the franchise around, but uh, you know, they got some work to do this off season and uh, you know, there's still, you know, still think there's a lot of talent on that team, but uh, yeah, it's a team that just, again, um, no way they should have lost the division. No way. Not at all, not at all, and and I just don't think. I, I mean, even though I think the game is close, it's very hard for me to see Kansas City losing this game. It's hard for me to seeing see a team, see guys like Mahomes and Reed losing to a team that 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 that, that choked up their division. I just I, I I can't. I just it's it's hard for me to see that. That's why I like Kansas City this week. Yes, Kansas City has not played great this year. This is probably the this is probably the worst Kansas City has been since Mahomes has since Mahomes has been the quarterback. But I just can't see them losing this game. Yeah, no, me neither. You know, I know Miami last year without Tua, they almost went up to Buffalo and beat them in the playoffs with Skylar Thompson as a starter. But yeah, I even with the Kansas City Wolves this year, I still think at home with the weather that it's going to be, I do think Kansas City finds a way. You know, they should have uh, Nicole Hardman back, which I think, you know, will help a little bit. But yeah, like, you know, how cool is going to be? You know, maybe there you see a couple drops from 
the Kansas City wide receivers that kind of cost them. But yeah, I just I I have a hard time seeing Miami win this football game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Moving on to the AFC East champions for the four, they won they've won the AFCs four years in a row. Who hosts the Pittsburgh Steelers? And I think this is the worst game of wild card weekends because I think the Steelers are missing a guy who is probably the most non-important quarterback in the NFL. The Steelers are one in ten when TJ Watt doesn't play. I do think though, with the way with how reckless the Bills have been offensively these last couple of weeks with the turnovers, I think they the Steelers do stay in the stay in the game in the first half. I do think the Bills turn the ball over at least once in the first half. I do think uh, Mason Rudolph uh, makes some plays early on. But the problem in this game is going to be is is when the when the Bills start to pull away, they get up two, three scores in, in the second half. I think the, the pass rush is going to force Mason Rudolph to make mistakes. Yeah, Mason Rudolph has played well. But a lot of those games, they were winning the entire time. The only game he made any kind of a comeback in was the Seattle game. But I think he might have been down by like three points against Seattle. This is a different animal. I think he's going to be down by two or three scores in the second half. He's going to he's going to make some throw a couple of interceptions. And I got the Bills winning this one big. I got the Bills winning this thirty to thirteen over the Steelers. But Justin, can Tomlin lead the Bills to lead the Steelers to a huge upset win? I don't see it, but I think they keep it close. I had the Bills sixteen to ten. Have wow. you heard how windy it's supposed to be in Buffalo? It's supposed to be windy, but the difference the difference is. The Bills can run the football this year with James Cook. That's the difference. They could run the football with James Cook. And the Steelers are not great at stopping the run. You look at the Steelers. No, yes, the Steelers defense has made plays when it's had to make plays. But the Steelers defense, they're like, they're 17th against the, they're 17th against the pass. They're 19th against the run. The Steelers defense statistically is not that good. And they're going to be without their best defensive player by far. No, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, if you look at the numbers, it, it was not great this year. And yeah, they're a totally different team without TJ Watt this year. And, you know, um, and he's one of the best players defensively in the NFL. And yeah, it's going to be a loss. I just, with how windy it's going to be, I just see one of these games where there's not a lot of possessions where, you know, if there's, you know, if te- the, both teams are kind of just keeping on the ground. They're not trying to make too many mistakes through the air. You're probably going to see one or two just because, yeah, like Allen kind of keeps turning to, you know, Allen just has not been able to stay away from the turnovers this year. Um, you know, Mason Rudolph probably throws one or two. And yeah, I do think Buffalo is much better up front and they can't run the football. Like, I don't think Pittsburgh can go do what New England did a couple years ago, throw the ball three times and win this football game. I don't know why. You know, no way. Yeah. You know, Buffalo they don't have, they don't have, the, they don't have the defense New England had that year. No, that too. Yeah. That, that Patriot defense played really, really well that night. Um, but I do think, you know, Pittsburgh does keep this thing close. You know, Tomlin is a dog. Usually they, they play pretty well, but yeah, they gotta they gotta be able to stop the run in this game because Buffalo's done a much better job this year, um, you know, at that. But I just I haven't really, you know, Buffalo's been playing with their food the last couple weeks, and I feel like in this week, I feel like in this game they still do that. They keep Pittsburgh around for as long as possible, but they do have more talent than Pittsburgh, and I think that's why they win the football game. Oh, absolutely. This, this is, this, this is, as I said earlier, this is the worst game of wild card weekend. The Steelers, and I don't want to take, take anything away from them last week, but they were pretty much handed the game against the Ravens. They were pretty much yeah. handed this playoff. They were handed that playoff spot. Uh, they were handed that game without Lamar Jackson. The Ravens pretty much, I don't say let them get in the playoffs, but they made it easy for, they made it a lot easier than it would have been if Lamar Jackson would have played, played. And Mike Tomlin, again, has done a really, really good job this year, but the, the Steelers have lived off of winning a lot of close games. 
I mean, and 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 and, and the quarterback play for the Steelers. I know Mason Rudolph has played well the last three weeks. We know what Mason Rudolph is. He's 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 probably the worst starting quarterback in the postseason. So I just don't see this being a game. I, I really don't. The Bills, yes, they haven't played great, but they have won five in a row. They fi- found ways to win. So and they, so I, I just I just d- don't see this being m- m- much of a game. I think I don't I don't think they're going to get blown out like they did two years ago in Kansas City, the Steelers. But I think they lose pretty. I think this game is in hand by the middle of the third quarter. Yeah, I could totally see that happening. Um, I I, I really could. Um, you know, if you think about it, like the Steelers, yeah, they're ten and seven this year. They found ways to win. And look, you know, you lost to Arizona, New England at home. Like they, you know, you play better those two games, you probably twelve and five. Like you know, which is but that shows remarkable. you why this isn't that good of a team. The, the fact that no, the Patriots and the Cardinals on their home field shows you that this team isn't that good. No, I know. Yeah, it, they're not. You know, like it, again, you know. Um, they were minus 20 in the point differential this year. You know, uh, Kenny Pickett hasn't been the guy. Trubisky was brutal out there. You know, Mason Rudolph's done a better job, but yes, like he's not, he's not great whatsoever. Um, and he's done enough to kind of keep, you know, win them a couple games here and not, you know, he hasn't thrown a pick yet. And that's kind of been the big thing. Like just, you can't turn over the, you know, that's like the biggest thing. You just can't turn over the football. He hasn't done that. If you can kind of do that again, yeah, I could see this game being close. But, um, yeah, I could very easily see Buffalo win this game by a couple scores. I just think with the win, I do think that Pittsburgh kind of finds a way to keep this thing kind of competitive. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But we got to move on to a to the Cowboys and the Packers on Sunday afternoon, the game on Sunday afternoon on Fox. we got the Packers and Cowboys. And and here and, and Jordan Love has played outstanding. Jordan Love really over the last eight games has played better than any quarterback in the league. 20 total touchdowns, one pick. I mean, he's 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 been outstanding for this Packers team. And here's another thing: is the way the Packers have ran the ball the last three weeks. Aaron Jones has been over 100 yards rushing the last three weeks for the Packers. So I I think he's gonna have. I think the Packers are gonna be able to run the ball in this game. I think they're gonna be able to run the football. I think Jordan Love's gonna actually have a pretty good game. I think he's gonna be able to have a pretty good game. But the issue for the Packers is this: their defense is not gonna be able to stop the Cowboys. The Cowboys are getting into the 30s in this game. I know the Cowboys struggle a little bit running the ball, but I think Tony Pollard as a pretty good game. And I think Dak Prescott has, has, a, has a great game. I think he throws two or three touchdown passes. I mean, we know this Packer defense. I know they got Jari Alexander back, but this Packer defense, they've been talking and firing Joe Barry. This Packer defense is again 30 points to the Panthers, 30 points to the Panthers. Let Tommy DeVito drive down the field to beat them. Baker Mayfield had a perfect quarterback rating against them. I know a couple of those games Jari Alexander didn't play in. But still, I think that I think that Dak Prescott has a big day. But I do think the Packers run the football on him, and I do think Jordan Love has a good game. I think the difference in this game is is going to be when the Packers, when the Cowboys get down in scoring territory, they're going to score touchdowns, and the Packers are going to get field goals because the Packers got some receivers that are banged up. Obviously, Christian Watson's been out, Romeo Dobbs is banged up, banged up, and the Cowboys play a lot of man coverage, which I think is going to be is going to help them when they get into the red zone against this Packer team, and that's 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 what's going to force the Packers to settle for field goals. I think this game comes down to the end with the ball in Jordan Love's hands and this Cowboys defense making a stop. I got the Cowboys hosting. I got the Cowboys getting to the divisional round, beating the Packers 31 to 23. But Justin, can Jordan Love continue to stay hot and lead the lead the Packers to a major upset over the Cowboys? I don't think he will in this one as as well. I agree with you at Dallas 31 to 21. Um yeah, Love Love's played really well. You know, you mentioned the numbers, you know, his last eight games, you know, and they, they're one of the youngest rosters in all of the NFL and especially offensively. They got a lot of young pieces, 
You mentioned Aaron Jones too, going, you know, his last three games going over 100 yards. He's looked a lot better since coming off um, that last hamstring injury he dealt with. So I do think Packers are going to be able to move the football on this one. But yeah, like the Cowboys have won 16 straight home games. They're the only undefeated team this year at home. And in seven of their in seven of their eight home games, they've gone at least 30 points. Like I just see this Cowboys team doing whatever they wanted, you know. You mentioned the Baker Mayfield perfect QBR. That Panthers team that could not score points the last two weeks went up and down the field against this Packers defense. I just, I, I, you know, I know, you know, can the Packers defense, yeah, it looked great against Jared Hall. You know, last week it looked good against Justin Field and the Bears. And the Bears, when they fall behind, they can't do anything um, offensively. So, yeah, they've looked better the last two weeks, but this is a different animal going down to Dallas. They've just been an absolute animal at home and they've been impossible to stop. So, I just think Dak kind of tears them up this week offensively. I think he does whatever he wants. I think CD Lamb has a huge day. Um, I do think Love will make plays, but just not enough. I don't think he's going to be able to keep up with this Dallas offense. Yeah, Dallas has proven that they've been pretty good in the wild card round. Dak, Dak is pretty good in the wild card. Dak is Dak is, is pretty good. We the division rounds it. This is, is, is a nightmare for the Cowboys. But in the wild card round, the Cowboys are pretty good, and and I think they they, they play really well on Sunday. And listen, I this for, for a if you're a Packer fan. No matter what happens on Sunday, you got to be excited because you got your guy. I, you got your guy. I mean, the guy has been dominant these last these last. He's, he's been dominant these last. Uh, in, in there, he's six and two with with the numbers he's put up. He's been dominant the last eight games. He's been playing better than any quarterback in the league. So you you got a really good future. You just got to fix that defense. You're going to be a Super Bowl contender next year. And Jordan Love and I said I was very critical of Jordan Love in the first half of the season. I was very critical of the Packers for moving on from Aaron Rodgers. I was very critical of this draft pick. But even though this 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 Jordan Love pick didn't help them in the short term, it's it could really really help them in the long term. And it's funny they go from Favre to Rodgers to Love, and the, the Packers have their guy. No matter what happens in this game, the Packers have their guy. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, you know, I was with you. Kind of the first half of the year, the team looked pitiful. Some of the throws, Love and mistakes he was making were just not good, and you know, um, and it kind of looked like man, you know, they might be headed to having to kind of draft somebody this, this, uh, you know, in the draft this, this coming year. And look, you know, he did something that Aaron Rodgers couldn't do last year. He got to see in the playoffs. Yep, you know, that, yep. so he's, he's been awesome. And, you know, I know they've been comparing his numbers with Favre and Rodgers in their first year. I know it's like a different, you know, the way teams are throwing the ball more, but look, you know, it is impressive that they've, you know, have found another kind of guy that looks like he's going to be their franchise quarterback for the next decade or, or, or hopefully longer for them. So, yeah, Love's definitely has shown that he's he's the guy the second half of the year. He's he's made a lot of progress. And, yeah, with how young this roster is, the future's bright. But, yeah, they, they definitely need to uh, really focus on fixing that defense this offseason. Absolutely, absolutely. If they don't win this game and they give up a ton of points, Joe Barry will be fired. Joe Barry will be fired if they give up a ton of points in this game. But look at the Cowboys angle of this. We've heard Jerry, we heard Jerry Vaughn Jones on 105.3 The Fan this week talking about the job Mike McCarthy's done, and he has praised Mike McCarthy. The big question here for the Dallas Cowboys is, if the Cowboys don't win this game, do they move on from Mike McCarthy? And I don't think – I'm going to be in the minority here. I don't think they I don't think they should. I think a 3-12 win season – I think they have to do something with their front office if they lose this game. I think they have to do some stuff in the front, make some changes in the front office if they lose this game. Because to me, if they lose this game, that's more of the issue than Mike McCarthy. I think they need to make some changes in the front office if they lose this game. Because the Cowboys have struggled in the postseason long before Dak has been there. 
long before McCarthy has been there, long before even Romo has been there. The Cowboys have struggled in the postseason since the mid-90s. So if they lose this game, they should be making changes in the front office, not with the head coach. Yeah, I. the only thing I'll push back, if they do lose Sunday, we're still kind of figuring out what's going with Bill Belichick. Harbaugh hasn't signed Oh, anywhere. you know Jerry's going to want that big guy. But yeah. here's the thing. None of those coaches are going to want to want to coach with Jerry Jones. The last yeah. true big time. I know McCarthy won a Super Bowl, but the last big time coach to coach with Jerry Jones was Bill Parcells. None of these guys are going to want to want to coach with Jerry Jones. And that's why mm-hmm. then that's why there needs to be if they lose this game, they need to change things in the front office. Absolutely do. They should have changed things in the off, front office a decade ago. Do you think like if he could get a bill, he would give up some of his power? To get Bill no, Belichick. No, no, you don't that's think not so? how Jerry is. That's not how Jerry is. Jerry will pull the whole thing too. That no, yeah, I'll run dude. things because we saw what happened in New England. And, and, and he's got to oh, yeah, he'll say, you know, I saw how things went on in New England. He, you no, know, I don't think he's gonna give up his. I don't think he's gonna give up his power. No, no. So I, I think if the Cowboys lose this game, they need to change things in the front office. No, they do. They absolutely do. And look, McCarthy's done a great job as a play caller this year. That offense has looked a lot better than it did under Kellen Moore last year. Um, so I do have to give him credit there. But, yeah, it's been the divisional ride. It's been the playoffs. This team just cannot figure things out. And, yeah, you know, it's been on Jerry Jones in the front office to not for, you know, because Dallas, you know, Dallas always has one of the most talented teams in the in, in the Yeah, in they the always have, they have not, not the most talented, but they always have a no. top 10 roster. But the problem yeah. is, is when they get into January, they never have the they never have the, the the coaching is never is never great. Now McCarthy has done a pretty good job, but they all yeah they always run into teams with rosters that are a little bit better and coaching that's a little bit better. Yeah, and that's been their issue. They just can't get over the top of that, and you know they've been competitive. They just can't you know. Again, Dak Dak's had an awesome year. Dak, you know, awesome. He's there's no way. There's no way. There's no. They got to. They got to. They got to extend him. He's a top. He's clearly a top ten quarterback. This is the best year of his career. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know he he's been awesome this year. So yeah, you you expect him to be back next year with this team. Um, but yeah, the, this the, you know they just they have not been able to figure it out. And yeah, I think Jerry Jones just you know that he has not given up his power. I would think maybe if a Bill or Harbaugh he would give up a little bit. But yeah, if he you know if he doesn't, I can't see those two go there. And I think yeah you know and that's been part of the issue why they can't get better coaches is because they don't. You know, they, they don't want to have to deal with Jerry Jones every day. And again, like he's got it. You know, he goes on that talk radio show every week. Like what other owner yeah, does that? Nobody, nobody, nobody does press That's, conferences. You know? Nobody does. Uh, Nobody does press conferences. Nobody goes on the radio show. And if they lose, he should. I think he's the one that ultimately should be the fall guy here. He should be him and his son should be the fall guy if they lose. Because because ultimately, too, if you look at this roster, they've lost pieces on. Dax played it great. They've lost pieces on offense. They don't run the ball the way. They, they, they used to. Yes, the offensive line is good, but even at even at, at receiver, uh, CD Lamb is great, but they don't have a lot of depth at the receiver position. Brandon Cooks, I feel like his best days are behind him. They lost Dalton Schultz. Jake Ferguson is good, but I feel like Dak is making him better. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I think that. Uh, I, and you look at the middle of that defense. This is not a great roster. It's just a big reason why this team is twelve and five is because of how well Dak Prescott has played. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because uh, you know. Gallup really hasn't, you know, done much this year. Yeah, Cooks is, you know, guy's been in the league now for a decade. You know, he's, you know, hey, you mentioned, yeah, his best days are over. Yeah, you know, like, I don't, you know, Pollard's kind of being the featured back this year. You know, 
kind of seems like they do miss a little bit of uh you know Elliot and you know Jake Ferguson's been a nice tight end. Um, you know, out of Wisconsin, usually they do pretty good at that spot. You know, Wisconsin does kind of with, with tight ends, but uh yeah, you know, like that Dak's done a really good job of elevating the guys around them. That's kind of you know, because yeah, they lost a lot of like wide receiver. They used to have one of the best cores and you know, guys go elsewhere because you know they want to get paid and rightfully so. And yeah, the offensive line's kind of been banged up at times this year. So yeah, you know, like this Dak's done an unbelievable job with this team this year and this offense. And again, you know, I know they've had their road struggles at times, but um, yeah, like at home, they just they've been juggernauts and you know, they they've been impossible to stop. So yeah, Dak's had an un, un, remarkable year, definitely deserves to kind of um, you know, get a uh get a new contract extension, be you know, be up there as one of the highest paid quarterbacks. Uh, you know, it would help even more if you can get this team to their, you know, even if they can somehow get to the NFC championship game, which they haven't you know, been in years. If they win, it, yeah. And it could be likely like Detroit goes down, you know, the way the Eagles are playing, you know, the Bucks, like it's at home, like if they get the Bucks at home, that's a team you should beat. So it's you know, so this is kind of the year for the Cowboys where it's certainly possible they could get back there. And I feel like they have to. So, you know, wouldn't be shocked if they make a coaching change, but it's kind of open there for the Cowboys to go out to San Fran and the NFC Championship game and, and finally get back there. To me, I think changes have to be made in the front office if they lose this game. If they lose to Detroit, eh, maybe, maybe not. They lose to San Francisco, great year. That 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 that, 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 that that's uh, that's the way I look at it for the Cowboys. But before we get to the other games, we got to get to a comment from Hector. He's been waiting. Uh, I believe the Packers will play loosely because they they have they have not much to lose but a lot to gain with this. Absolutely. I mean, if if yeah, the Packers don't have any really anything to lose because they're better than anybody expected them in Jordan Love's first year as a starter. And if they win this game, Jordan Love just keeps moving up that chart of quarterbacks in the NFL. If Jordan Love wins this game, you start talking to him, you start talking about him being potentially a top ten quarterback in the league. Yeah, yeah, Hector's that's Hector's kind of spot on. Um, because yeah, with with Dallas, you know, yeah, everyone's talking. You know, they're going to Dallas. Everybody's kind of. You know, because it's the Dallas Cowboys, you know, we're talking about McCarthy, you know, will he get fired? Will there be changes to the front office? So, yeah, Green Bay is going in here. You know, they were sitting there going into the bye week, uh, week six, that two and three, and they came out of the bye, you know, two and five. And, you know, looked like it was going to be a horrible year for Green Bay, one of the worst years that they've had in quite, a, quite some time. And, yeah, to kind of turn around with this young roster for a lot of these guys, to go into Dallas and yeah, if they could somehow win, that'd be remarkable for Jordan Law, especially if he plays well. And if you lose, you go, okay, well, you know, you lost to the Dallas Cowboys, especially if it's a close game. Um, yeah, like the, the Packers in this one, they got nothing to lose, just kind of gaining the experience here and gaining experience for Jordan Love in the playoffs. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now we will move on to to the Rams and Lions. Matthew Stafford making his return to Detroit. But I do think this is a good matchup for the Lions because the biggest reason why the Rams have had success on offense is because of the running game of Kyron Williams. So something, the one thing the Lions do really well on defense, they're not good against the pass, especially in the secondary. But one thing they do really, really well on defense is stopping the run. And McNeil is back in the middle, is in the middle of that defense. So I, I think that I think the Rams do. I think the Lions do contain the Rams' running game. I hear the thing I'm tired of hearing about is, oh, the Rams have the clear advantage at quarterback. I'll get it. They got the advantage of head coach with Sean McVay and, and Dan Campbell. The quarterbacks are on par. You can even argue Chirikoff is better right now than 
Matthew Stafford. I don't want to hear about, oh, the Rams have the clear vision quarterback. That's nonsense. And I think, and if you look at Stafford's numbers without Kyron Williams and since Kyron Williams and, and, and before Kyron Williams really was a factor in this offense, they're not that good. The big, the Stafford plays well when the, when the Rams run the football. And that's why I don't think they win this game because I think they're going to struggle to run the football. So I think the, the Lions are going to force a couple turnovers from Matthew Stafford. I think the Lions will be able to run the ball. Not great, but pretty well with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. I think golf goes a couple touchdown passes. And I think this game comes right down to the end. I think a lot of these games come right down to the end with the ball instead. I think, uh, like I, I think the Packer game comes down to the end. I think the Browns Texans game comes down, comes down to the end. I think this game comes right down to the end with the ball in Stafford's hands, and this Lions defense makes a stop. And I got the Detroit Lions winning their first playoff game since 1991. I got the Lions beating the Rams 24 to 20. But Justin, can Stafford? knock out the lions in his return to Detroit. I do. I got the Rams 31 to 27. You, called us, you said this a couple of weeks ago, you would take the Rams. Yeah. I, again, I like McVeigh over Dan Campbell. I think this is a game where Dan Campbell tries to do some dumb fake pun, his own 20 yard line. And just, you know, like he's going to be, you know, he's too aggressive. And I think that's going to come back to come back to bite him in this one. And I also think Sean McVeigh, he knows, uh, uh, Hector's kind of here. Brand, uh, Rams I agree. The best. I agree. It's the, it's, I think it's the most interesting because of the two quarterbacks facing their former teams. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, with you know Stafford golf, Stafford coming back for the first time since uh, being traded over to LA, and yeah, kind of you know golf, kind of you know Big Bay couldn't you know wanted somebody to kind of get him over the hump there and win the Super Bowl. So yeah, it's definitely a intriguing one. It should you know could be a could be a shootout with these two offenses, but I think with McVay, he knows Jared Goff in and out. Like he, I think defensively, they're going to put a, together a really nice game plan. Cause you know, Dan Campbell never coached Stafford. So I think that could be advantage too, for the Rams in this one. And this Rams team, since the bye, they've been seven to one. And that one loss is an overtime game at Baltimore and a kick on a punt return, which probably could have gotten called back. There's a couple kind of, you know, blocking the backs that were missed. But look, you know, I, I really like this Rams team. They got guys to have been to the Super Bowl. There's not too many guys in this Lions roster that have been in the playoffs. I know Jared Goff has, you know, but I but, feel like the Rams don't have a ton of guys now that have been to the Super Bowl. You look at Donald, Cup, uh, uh, Stafford, to me, and they probably maybe a couple offensive linemen. That's pretty much it. I mean, the Rams don't have a ton of guys. They've had a lot of roster turnover over the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You probably are right. You probably are right. But I still, you know, still with with McVeigh that's been there. Campbell just hasn't. I still just kind of give the advantage to the Rams. And I think yeah, I know the Lions have been pretty good all year stopping the run. I do think the Rams run it well enough where they could use play action in Cooper Cup and uh, Puka Nachua just have monster games. And I think the Lions have trouble covering those two. And I think those two have monster days. And I think Stafford, you know, does not turn the ball over in this one. And I think the Rams go on the road and knock out the Lions. Kyron Williams is the key. Kyron Williams is the key. If Kyron Williams is a big game, I think the Rams got a great chance to win because then Stafford can get the ball to Cup and Nakua and, and, and exploit this Lions defense. If he doesn't, I think the Lions win because I think they get pressure on Stafford and they force Stafford to make mistakes. I saw the Rams play two weeks ago at the Giants. I, I was, I'm not as impressed as a lot of people are about the Rams. I, I, I just, I'm not, I don't think, I think their defense is, I know Aaron Donald's is one of the best guys, one of the best in the league. I think Colby Turner's had a really good year too, but I think their defense is above average to average at best. 
And and I think the Lions are going to they play a lot of zone coverage. I think the Lions, zone coverage. I think the Lions are going to exploit them with some big plays. I think because I saw Darius Slayton have a big play. Tyra Taylor and Darius Slayton have a big play against them two weeks ago. I think their offense, as I said, it, 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 their running game is a big part of their offense. And I know Kyron Williams had three touchdowns against the Giants, but he was also held to under 100 yards. And Matthew Stafford threw two picks in that game. So I think it's all going to come down to Kyron Williams. If Kyron Williams has a – I think it pretty much go down to the game Kyron Williams has. If he runs for over 100 yards, I think the Rams win. If he gets held to under 100, I think they lose. I think that's going to determine what happens in this football game. Yeah, I could absolutely see that happen. Yeah, because your Giants – Easily could have won that football game. Oh, they absolutely. probably could have won that game. They should have won that game, you know? yeah. yeah. If Tyrod Taylor hit Saquon Barkley there, yeah, they win yeah. the game. Yeah, that was a tough one there. Um, you know, that that two-point conversion with, with Barkley. But, um, yeah, I just, you know, if Kyron can't get the yards, and, you know, they make, you know, um, L.A. have to kind of convert a lot of third and eights, third and nines. And, yeah, I could really see the Rams having a tough time winning this football game. Um. I just again, I just, I just worry about Campbell too. Like you know, there's gonna be a big decision where he's just gonna make a boneheaded decision, and it's gonna come back to bite. Yeah, that, that, that's I, a good point. Yeah, the call sucked uh, two weeks uh, two weeks ago against the like, Cowboys. Yeah. But yeah. what could have he done? What could have he done to prevent that? Kick the extra point. Yeah, yeah. See, I didn't mind him on the first like originally, and that you know, and again that controversial you know, um, with the eligible kind of lineman you know with the uh, trying to get the lineman eligible but after that penalty then yes you should have kicked the extra point um but yeah like going back to that thanksgiving game what they were at their own like 15 yard line and he tries a fake punt like it's just stuff like that where i just think that he's too fired up at times where it's just his his emotion will get the best of him and he's not gonna think clearly why you have a guy on the other side like sean bay who's kind of been in this spot before that knows how to get to a zero bowl is not going to make that mistake. So I just think it comes down to coaching too, where Campbell's going to just, I, I just don't trust him where I trust McVay, where he's just not going to be, he's not a bonehead in decision-making. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It should be a really good game. Probably the most interesting game of wildcard weekend, super wildcard weekend between the Lions and Rams. But we will wrap up talking about two teams that are, let's be honest, they're probably could be two of the, I mean, outside of the Steelers, probably two of the worst teams in the playoffs right now. And that's the Eagles and the Bucks. The Eagles have been absolutely pathetic. The Eagles have been pathetic. I, really, since the Niners game, the Eagles have been awful. Their defense has been one of the worst in football. Their back seven is so bad. I mean, I saw last week against the Giants. The Giants, did, the Giant offense, it would, with Tyrod Taylor, did whatever they wanted against the Eagles. This Eagle defense has been horrendous. And then even offensively, they're coming into this game banged up. Uh, Jalen Hurts is coming to this game banged up. A.J. Brown's coming to this game banged up. Devontae Smith's coming to this game banged up. They're, so I think the Eagles' offense is coming into this game banged up. And Tampa Bay, yeah, they didn't were not impressive last week, but they did get the job done. Baker Mayfield's coming to the game banged up. I think this is going to be a very, very ugly game. This isn't going to look like a playoff game. This is going to look like a it's, – it's crazy how one of these two teams are going to be in the divisional round. That's it's crazy to, to think that one of these two teams are going to be in the divisional round because I don't think this is going to look like a playoff game. I think there's going to be turnovers on both sides of the ball. I think I think honestly, I know both secondaries are terrible, but I think both offenses are not that good. But both offenses are going to struggle. I think I think both offenses struggle, but I think the team that's at home wins this game. And I'm going to go with the Bucs. I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield to win his second playoff game. The Eagles are lucky they're playing the Bucs because if they're playing the Lions or Cowboys, they would have they would lose they'd lose by double digits. Uh, so I, I got the Bucks winning this game uh, 
But Justin, can the Eagles get back on track and get to the divisional round? No, I don't think they will. I got <clears throat> I got the Bucks as well, 27-23. Um I just for the Eagles, I don't think this, you know, I don't think at a push, you know, for how bad they've looked the last couple of weeks, I don't think you could just kind of turn it on because it's a playoffs. I don't think they're gonna be able to do that. And yeah, you mentioned your Giants. I thought they took it easy in the second half on the Eagles. They could have put a 40. Oh, they did. Oh, they did. They definitely did. They they got conservative in the second half, which is something the Giants got to stop doing. They got yeah. they, they, they got to start being a little bit more. They got to, they got to play that first half. Uh, that that, that they got to look at that first half and 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 uh, see that's how we got to approach every game offensively going into next year. Yeah, I'm so yeah, uh, they definitely do. I was surprised Dable didn't want to make a statement to put 40 on Philly and just for all the poundings yeah, they put exactly. on you guys over the years. Exactly, but, exactly. Yeah. Um. You know, and that's why I just, I just, and I know the Bucks can't run the football, but I don't like they're gonna have success in this game because the Eagles can't stop the run the last couple of weeks. You know, they, they, and we talked about it. Like they, you, you know, first half of the year they were, you know, that the was kind of they what, were the best. That was their staple yeah. on defense. Now they can't do, they can't, they can't do that. But the problem, the no, thing is, the can't. Bucks can't run the ball, but the Eagles can't stop the run at all. Yeah, and like the way things have been trending, I, I you know. I doubt that the that the uh, Eagles are going to be will have a ton of success off the run. And look, you know, if Baker's healthy enough. I think he's going to have a big day through the air. Like the Bucks, you know, they got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Was, I know they're kind of up there in age, but um, or Godwin's still only twenty seven. But you know, I, I think those two guys could have big days. You know, play action. I think they're going to be able to use. I just think, but and I think Tampa Bay is going to be to force a turnover too. And the Eagles have only forced eighteen turnovers on the year. Um, you know, they're minus 10 in, in turnover differential. So I just, I think Tampa Bay right now, defensively, I think they'll make enough stops. I think Hurt's going to throw a turnover to in this one. And I think Baker plays well enough. I think he'll get healthy. I know they only scored nine points last week against the Panthers defense, but yes, he was banged up. I got to take Tampa Bay. I just, I don't see this Eagles team waking up anytime soon and just kind of turn on because the playoffs have begun. I just don't. No, no, I, I, I don't think they are. And have we, honestly, I've never seen a team that had been so good. I mean, I wouldn't say they were so good, but they were 10 and one through 11 weeks, had a great chance to clinch home field advantage against the 49ers. And it's completely fallen apart. Like it's completely fallen off. I, I don't think I've ever seen something like this happen. No, I think they're the first team to start 10 and one and not win their division. The 86, which... the, yeah. I think the 86 jets were, were the last team that, uh, that, that lost five straight ever starting 10 and one. Wow. So man, that'd be a jet thing to do. Um, uh, Texter's comment: Bucks and Eagles are both pathetic. Okay, one of them will be on life. Will be on life support heading to the Bay Area. That's <laughs> yeah. well said. That's well said. That's well said. That's well said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. the, the, yeah, yeah, the exactly. Niners should uh, Niners should have a very easy one. Um, whoever they face next week in this one. Um, if they get if the Rams don't win, um, or the Green Bay Packers don't win this this week, and you know things seem to shame, but uh. Yeah, you know, I just, yeah, I think right now the Bucks are better than the Eagles, and I think at home, because, yeah, you could say the Eagles right now are playing one of the worst teams, or, or one of the worst teams of football at the moment, the way they've been playing. I just don't think that's, I don't think that's changing this week. Nope, nope, not at all. I think the Eagles season ends on Monday night. But we are going to get to some news around the league, and today the Bears announced that they are going to keep Matt Eberlus as the head coach. But they did fire offensive coordinator Luke Getze. The big question, though, for the Bears is, is should they keep Justin Fields? This is going to be the question all offseason. We'll be talking about this for a while. Should they keep Justin Fields or should they draft Caleb Williams with that number one overall pick? I'm in the – yes, Justin Fields 
at the end of the year has made it difficult for them. But I am in the camp right now of them taking Caleb Williams because Justin Fields is 11 and 29 as a starting quarterback for the Bears. And what you look at for a top quarterback is how well they play in the fourth quarter. Fields has been bad in the fourth quarter. He pretty much over his two two of his only two of his eleven wins out of out of his eleven wins, only two times has he brought the Bears back to win a game in the fourth quarter. The San Francisco game, the opener in twenty twenty two, and then the Minnesota game this year. So this guy is not good in the fourth quarter. I I, I know he's improved, but I just don't think he's good enough. I think he's an average quarterback right now. I don't think he's good enough where you pass on an opportunity to take uh, Caleb Williams. Yeah, I'm with you. I again, you know, you're gonna really give this guy forty million dollars for winning eleven games. I I think that's a mistake. And look, you know, they're gonna have the number ninth draft pick as, as well this year coming up, you know, in the drafts. And look, you know, you've seen the Joe Burrows of the world, the Mahomes, like you've seen these quarterbacks kind of win on their rookie deals where you don't have to pay forty million dollars to your quarterback. You know, now you get a guy, you could get a guy in Caleb Williams who everybody says is going to be the real deal and is going to, you know, be one of the, you know, he's going to, you know, going to have an awesome career. You know, and you've got a young defense who's got some talent, you know, and has played pretty well, especially especially in the second half of the year. So I'd take the chance, go get Caleb Williams. You know, maybe you get, go trade Justin Fields. You know, maybe Atlanta Falcons are interested in him. I think you got to trade him because I just – I don't see them getting back. Yeah, because, you know, only the two comeback wins in the fourth quarter in his career. He's only got 11 wins. And, like, and when they fall behind, they don't have much of a chance to come back. Yeah, they just, you know, they and, just, and, they just and, struggle. And, and here's the one thing. I don't want to hear about, oh, he doesn't have weapons, he doesn't have weapons. They, they, they gave up a chance to take a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud – traded traded down they, and, and traded that pick to go get DJ Moore to help Justin Fields. So I don't want to hear yeah. about the no weapons thing. And, and here's the thing, even in the even in the second even when he came back from injury, there were two games where they had a two-score lead in the fourth quarter and they lost. The Lions game and the Browns game. If he makes plays in the fourth quarter, that team potentially is 9 and 8 and could have could have made the playoffs. So he had his opportunities, had his opportunities earlier in the year against Tampa and when he had the ball in his hands, he threw a pick six. At, at the end of that game. And then then the Denver game, they had a 28 to seven lead and he's blown. So he had opportunities. I know he played better in the second half of the year, but he had opportunities and he didn't get it done. The bears improved during the year. They went out and traded for a Montez sweat. They went out and traded for DJ Moore. They've improved this roster. I don't want to hear about, Oh, well, any quarterback plays for the bears, they would struggle against. No, that's nonsense. Justin Fields didn't get it done in the fourth quarter this year. So I don't want to hear it. I think the bears have every right to move on and go draft Caleb Williams. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. They do. Um, they, 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 they can. You know, they gave him, they gave him chances. You know, he did better in the second half, as you mentioned. But yeah, it just wasn't good enough. I don't think he's an accurate downfield passer. Like I, you know, I don't think that's anything that's gotten better for him over his career. Um, you know, I know the offensive line still wasn't great. They've tried to fix it, but yeah, they got a guy like DJ Moore. Um, you know, and at times he looked pretty good this year. You know, but they they gave him a chance, and this year. You know, they just it's was kind of still got better, but just wasn't good enough. And you mentioned there there's a couple games there that they should have won that they blew, and they could very easily be in the playoffs, you know, right now and getting ready for a wild card game. So I'm with you. I think you got to, I you know, I think in the spot you got a guy, Caleb Williams. I know everything is 
you know, in the draft, the quarterbacks, it's kind of, you never know, but Caleb Williams kind of feels like a no miss guy. And if you have that opportunity, you got to go out and go get him. Um, you, you just have to, unless it's somebody blows, absolutely blows you away with a trade offer, then, you know, but other than that, I think you got to move on and, and, you know, start over at the quarterback spot. Absolutely. 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 I, I, I agree there. And this will be a topic we will be talking about for it for the next couple of months. This will be probably the hot topic for the next couple of months. We'll probably be talking about this almost, almost every show in February, March, and April. So well, this will be the hot topic for the next couple of months, months, what the bears do with Justin Fields, but we got to move on to bill Belichick. Belichick's future is with the Pats and uh, the, the Patriots have not, you know, they have not really came to a decision yet. They met on Monday. They were hearing mixed reports that Belichick would be willing to give up the GM role or he would not be willing to give up the GM role. But the big question is, is with Belichick, should Belichick be back if he is willing to give up the GM role? And I would say yes. I would say yes. That's the one that's a, the, 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 that would be that would be the one condition I would bring Bill Belichick on. If he's willing to give up this GM role, I would be willing to bring him back because I don't know if you're gonna get a better even at this point, even though Belichick thinks is not as good as he once was, I still think he's better than all the candidates out there. So I think if you can get a GM in there, strip the personnel decisions from Bill Belichick, I would bring him back. But here's the thing. If not, he has got to be gone. He cannot return as the GM of this team. If you, he, you, you do not trust him with the number three pick, and you don't trust him having a high second-round pick. If he's if he's still the – there's no way this team could bring him back as a GM and for me to take this organization seriously. This organization has turned into a dumpster fire, and they will be even more of a dumpster fire if he comes back as the general manager. Yeah, I'm with you. And Monday morning, yeah, he, he leaked that himself. He leaked out that he gave up the GM spot. Cause we know Bill. He's very, very smart. He that was him saying he wants to be here. And that if the wording is if he gets fired, if they say parting of the ways, he's pretty much telling you that, hey, I want to be here. And that the crafts fired me and it was their decision. And I don't think, especially I don't think Robert Kraft's gonna do it. I don't know about the Sun, but I don't know how much power the Sun has at the moment. I think the Sun. This is just my instincts. I think the son wants to move on more than Robert does. I, you know, and so I think he's back. Like I, I, I now think he's going to return. But I don't he, think. But is he going to return the same? He can't bring it back the same way. For me to take it serious, this team seriously going forward, they can't bring it back the same way. After four and thirteen, something's got to change. Do you think it'll be? Yeah, the same oh yeah way? absolutely. Something's got to change. Absolutely. There's got to be a GM here. There's got to be a GM. Absolutely, and it it sounds like it'd be Ziegler coming back. And Will McDaniels at the OC. That's it, okay. what it sounds like. At least there is a general manager. I don't love Dave Ziegler, no, but at I least either. there's a general manager. At least there's a GM. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be fine with Bill doing everything with the defense. Bill could, you, you know, I'm okay with Bill having all control of the defense. I don't want him touching the offense. No, That's not at all. Not at all. Because for the most part, his defensive picks are fine. It's the offense that always seem that are they're busts. It's always yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, if Ziegler or McDaniels want to run the offense, that's fine. He could, you know, Bill, Bill, Bill wants to control the defense. I'm good with that. Because look, that defense with all the injuries they had and with how bad they started, you know, after that Cowboys Saints game, that defense played really, really well the second half of the year. You know, like he he, you know, that defense kept improving with everything they had. Um, uh, that defense improved and, you know, like, that's why I still would love, cause that's why 
I would like for him to give up the GM job because I do think, and you mentioned it, there's not many other coaches I'd take over Bill Belichick right now. I still think he could craft a really good game plan against some of the better offenses. And again, you know, and I know it always goes back to the Brady Belichick era, but what, but like, when's the last time a good head coach has won a Super Bowl with a not very good quarterback? Trent Dilford in Baltimore? Like, yeah, Brad, Brad Johnson in Tampa. Yeah, Brad John. Yeah. Uh, so Peyton, like, uh, Peyton, that, Manning, that's Peyton Manning that last year, but it's still Peyton Manning. It's still Peyton Manning. Yeah. Even though he wasn't as good, he was still pretty good in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he's good enough. So that that's the thing. Like, I'd still love to have Bill around. I think he does want to finish here. And again, he wants to beat Shula's record. So like, I think if he would have to give it a GM position, and I think if he knows that, okay, like I could, you know, this team maybe could improve if somebody else is making the decisions. Maybe he'd be okay with that because I really I know he wants to get Shula's record. So, you know, and he's gonna have, you know, so I, I do think right now, I'd be surprised unless if unless if he lied and he goes to craft and kind of you know, won't give up the power, but he's just saying it. Then I, I could see Kraft moving on, and he and Kraft could kind of go, well, he didn't want to give it up in the end. So, I think he's gonna come back because I don't think Kraft's gonna fire him now because. It's not going to be part of the ways because Bill has already told you, I want to be here. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. It'll be very interesting to see what happens in New England in the next couple of days to see what they decide to do. But we will move on to an ex-Patriot, Mike Vrabel, who was fired from the Titans. And I'm surprised he got fired. I thought he would leave on his own. I'm surprised he got fired there. And I don't think this is a good move for the Titans. I still think Vrabel is a really good coach. But the big question is, is, is if Belichick does, if they do part ways or Belichick does end up getting fired, is Mike Vrabel the next coach of the Patriots? And I think if Belichick isn't the next coach of the Patriots, I think this is the this Mike Vrabel is a very good chance to be the next coach of the Patriots. Oh, absolutely. Him and him and Brian Flores are my one A, one B, two guys that if if Bill does move on, those are the two guys I I I want. And Vrabel, I think would love because even when he came back when he was in you know uh, in, uh, when he was put into the Patriot Hall of Fame. You know, he had a speech in the second half or before the second half, and he's like, you know, we got it, it was getting at the Bills, and he was like, you know, we got to go finish this game off. Like, he's still talking, like, you know, he was a Patriot. Like, I think he wants that job if they do move on for Bills. So, um, I love to have him back, and you know, and I think the Titans are making a huge mistake because it sounds like him and the GM did not were not seeing eye to eye on things, and the GM went to the owner, kind of wanted to move on, and I think that's a huge. I think the owner's making a huge mistake moving on from him. And not the GM because it's not his, it's not Mike Vrabel's fault that they traded AJ Brown. It's not his fault that they drafted a bunch of busts on the defensive side of the ball the last couple of years. It's not Vrabel's fault that Will uh, Will Levis and uh, Malik Willis have not looked like NFL quarterback. You know, like he doesn't miss on those guys. So, and he got a one seed with Ryan Tannehill, and they were up seventeen nothing couple years ago against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Like this is a huge mistake, and the Titans are gonna, it's a downgrade. You know. Whoever gets Mike Robill next is going to be very, very lucky that Titans made a dumb decision by getting rid of him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Now, we'll go to some uh, some coaches who got fired fired this this uh, on Black Monday. Uh, Ron Rivera with Washington, obvious. We I thought he was going to get fired in th- after Thanksgiving. Uh, there just was no real growth of the program in four years. Josh Harris wants to do it. Their new ownership wants to do their own thing. So no surprise there. Yeah, not shocked. I think everybody saw this coming. The rating was on the wall when uh, – you know, Josh Harris and, and and his group took over the team. That team did not get better. Um, 
they, you know, defensively, they kind of quit the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, no surprise. Everybody kind of, this was the big obvious one before the year. If this team did not make the playoffs, that Ron Rivera would be gone. And then Arthur Smith with the Falcons. This is just what happens when you lose double-digit games three years in a row and the quarterback play is absolutely terrible. Uh, that You're going to lose your job. No surprise there either. No, 7-10 to all three years. And this is the third straight year they will have the number eight pick in the NFL draft as well. Um, yeah, Smith was not great um, as a coach. They have a ton of, you know, they had the weapons offensively. The QB was a question mark and just weren't able to figure it out. And, and yeah, they had one of the easiest schedules in the entire league, and you went seven to ten. No surprise that they that they got rid of them here. And we'll wrap up talking about my team and Wink Martindale. He isn't officially resigned yet, but he's very very close to stepping down as the Giants DC. Reports say he fired the Wilkins brothers, his two best friends, two best friends on the coaching staff. The Dayball fired them, and then he then Wink purged the Dayball. He stormed out of the room, and this just shows you one thing: anybody who was denying the uh, day ball wink thing before the, when that story came out before the Patriot game is, is, is totally ignorant to what has gone on this year with the giants wink Martindale and day ball there. I think there were fractures all year long. I think it even began, you know, early in the year when Wink's defense wasn't playing as well as it should in, 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 in the, especially the first half against Arizona, you had the, you know, you had the San Francisco game where they gave up 30 points you had the Miami game where they gave up over 500 yards. Uh, so I think fractures st- started there. And then you had kinds where Wink's defense played well, in the Buffalo game and the Jet game, but the offense didn't play well. So I think that started dissension between them. The Giants defense, very, 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 of course, turnovers. I'll give them that, but very inconsistent all year long. Very, very up and down. Wink and the Wink, the Wink and Dayball did not, that's, it's obvious that Wink and Dayball did not see eye to eye. And I think this, this could be a loss uh, for the Giants. And let me tell you something with Dayball, he better be right about this defensive coordinator because if he's not in a couple of years, it's going to be him out of a job as well. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I think it was right around the Pats Giants game that the kind of news that came out came that out, it was, and that report yeah. was not just true; it was a hundred and fifty percent true that that was going on. It was, it was yeah. more than a hundred percent true that was going on. As, as, yeah. and, then, and then Dayball, you know, gave him the game ball afterwards, and then you mm-hmm. know said, "Oh, the biggest argument we have yeah. is the biggest. It's what was getting the last time he's in the room, which was total nonsense." Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that absolutely was, and. uh you know, I like with those two personalities, like, yeah, because we see Dable, he's very emotional on the sidelines. And again, he probably went after Wink. And, and Wink I don't think like Wink, it. Wink didn't like no. it, especially with the way Dable's, especially yeah. with the way the offense was playing, which is why I wanted Michael Kafka fired, but they're going to keep him, which I don't, I don't like that move. But yeah, yeah but, but with the way the offense was playing and the defense was the better, you know, they weren't great this year. They were the better unit. Uh, that did not, Wink did not like Dable going, going after him. No, no, absolutely not. And, you know, that's just, and again, that probably not great, you know, and that's something Dable's got to work on because, yeah, you're rubbing people the wrong way. And that's, you know, going to be a problem if you're not winning. And uh, that's something he's got to work on. But, um, you know, with Wink, uh, yeah, like it's, it seems like it's a stalemate that, you know, the Giants don't want to fire him because either they don't want him to go somewhere, you know, to go to Philly. To go somewhere go to Philly. Else. They don't want him going to Philly. That's yeah. the main thing. They don't yeah. want him going to Philly. It's the last thing the Giants want is him going to Philly. Yep. So, you know, this is, uh, I'm not surprised with the personalities here that there's like a stalemate going, uh, you know, going on right now with these two at, at the moment. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we'll see. The Giants got to, you know, when Wink moves on, they got it. They got to hit on this uh, DC here because, yeah, you know, Wink. Wink's one of the better ones. He's done a really nice job getting that defense better um, after the first first half kind of struggles there. So, um, you know, I like Wink. You know, maybe, may, you know, 
think the best hope is maybe he gets a shot at a head coaching job and you know can resign and you don't have to worry about going to fill it. That's probably your best uh best case scenario here. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. But let me tell you one thing. Brian Dable better get this DC hire right. He better that this defense better be good now. This deep because you alienated the defensive coordinator, a good defensive coordinator. You better get this right. You better get this right if you're Brian Dayball. But we have a new national champion in college football. But before we talk about that, we are going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. Alrighty, so Michigan wins uh, their their first national title since 1997, and their first outright national title since 1948. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll first start with Michigan and why they won the national championship. And I'm going to start, and I'll go back to my three keys. And 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 they pretty much did all of them really well. But the first one they did not only exceptionally well, they did they did an amazing job, and that was running the football. They played old-school football. They were able to run the ball for over 300 yards. Uh, Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum were outstanding, both at over 100 yards rushing in that game. Made life easy on uh, on J.J. On, uh, McCar- on, uh, on McCarthy in this game. Uh, so, uh, the, the, the really, the way they were able to run the ball, I think, was the biggest reason why they won. Number two, the pressure on Michael Penix. And there were two plays that, that, that stood out to me in the game. The pressure they got on Penix during the interception – and then the pressure they got on Penix during that holding call, because Washington was driving. They would have had the ball in Michigan territory down seven at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And that holding call, I think, flipped, turned the entire game around. Because Michigan started fast, then Washington started to come back. But that holding call was such a critical play because that turned the game around. Then uh, then McCarthy hit Loveland uh, on that big play. They were able to score that touchdown and pretty much put the game away. So, 
I, I so I think getting pressure and the way they were able to run the ball were, were were two of the biggest reasons why. And then they were able to contain Odunze. I know, you know, Penix missed Odunze. I know they had that holding call, which Odunze would have had over 100 yards, but they were able to contain their best receiver, only holding them to 87 yards receiving. So for me, that's why I think Michigan won the national title. Yeah, uh, my first one too was the running game. That they dominated that first quarter. Um, you know, Washington just. They could not stop them. Um, you know, Washington made some adjustments there, but you know, and it and I thought Michigan got way too cute with the play calling after the first quarter. You know, they kind of, you know, didn't kind of stick to the running game. Of, you know, they still did, but you know, thought uh, they really could have put up a lot more points if they really stuck to the running game like they did in the first quarter. Um, my second one was yeah, the you know putting the pressure on Penix. Like they they sent blitzes from multiple positions the entire game. Um, you know, and it just, you know, like Panic was just under duress the entire football game. He couldn't get, you know, they didn't let him find anybody open downfield. Um, and especially like in the interior guys like Mason Garcia, who, you know, he was just, he made, he made him not, you know, Panic was not comfortable all night behind the pocket. They only sacked him once, but they probably hit him, you know, at least a dozen times. Like, you know, um, it was a really, really rough night for him. And then my third one, too, was that big kind of third down run in the third quarter with McCarthy on that third and eight that scrambled for 22 yards. I know they ended up punting that drive, but if Washington got to stop there, Washington would have got the ball a decent field position. They were still down 10. They kind of go down and score a touchdown. You make it a three-point game. So a couple of different things, you know, that could have been a different game. Um, but that McCarthy run, he didn't do a ton in that game. He didn't make the big mistake, but he did make a huge play with his legs, and that's what he needed. And I think that's it was that was also a huge key there for Michigan to get that that win. Yeah, and 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 then that point that's a great point because that leads me to why Washington lost this game. And I think the bit well, I think I know they weren't able to contain the run, they weren't able to protect panics, and we kind of talked about that. But I think one of the biggest reasons, one of the things I thought had to happen for Washington to win is panics would have to outplay McCarthy. And I know Michigan had a great running game. I know McCarthy didn't have to do a ton. But he, but he didn't in this game. Penix was not as good as he definitely was not as good as he was in the semifinal game. And there were two plays I look at: the play where he missed, and I texted you after this. And I said, "A Michigan scored, it's game over." Him. But he, 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 he missed Odunze wide open, wide open on that fourth down. That was a huge play. And then the interception right before that, right, 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 right at the beginning of the second half, he did not outplay uh, McCarthy, and that was a big reason why they, they lost the game. And also, the, the other two are obvious. They were they weren't able to stop the run. And they weren't able to really protect Penix in the game. So, so, but, but, so, really, Washington really didn't do really any of my three keys, and that's why they lost this game. Yeah, yeah. My first one too was, you know, they just they couldn't stop the running game. Um, you know, especially that first quarter, they just they they, you know, and then even when they had Edwards or um, Blake Corm, they didn't tackle well either. And then you know, there was a couple plays of the linebackers over pursuing, like their linebacker, you know, just out of spot, out of position. You know, Michigan kind of got them in a couple of those spots, and you know, Washington just was not a, uh, you know, really struggled against that physicality in the running game of Michigan in that one. And my second one was, you know, two was yeah, they just they couldn't protect, and you know, um, and yeah, that throw that he had to Odunze, they just were not on the same page on that one, and there were has not been many cases like that all year, uh, where those two just are not are, are not on the same page, and then you know. That that one holding call where they got called back, you know, was a fun, you know, like that was borderline because they kind of they weren't calling anything the entire game. Um, that was when I thought they should have let go, but I don't think it would have made a difference. But yeah, the just the protection was not good, and Panic just he had no time to do 
anything. And, you know, that screen pass, too, um, where the corner tripped, um, I think it was McMillan. And Herbstreit said that was going to be a touchdown, too. Like, you know, just that didn't go Washington's way either. Like, that's kind of a fluky thing that, you know, the the, the corner got tripped there um, into McMillan. And, you know, it sounded like it would have been a touchdown. And then I thought in the first half, too, Washington, one of their mistakes was they just they tried too much to establish a running game, especially when J- Dylan Johnson got hurt that very first carry. They weren't really going to be able to run the football. And I think they tried too hard to just – you know, and I get it. They wanted to slow down that Michigan pass rush, but you weren't going to be able to do anything on the ground. Like it was just, you know, you're already asking for second to 10 or, you know, third and not like it just, you know, it was already kind of hurting you. So I felt like they were just trying to establish there in the first half and it just wasn't working and it wasn't going to work. I didn't think they were going to be able to break off a big one against the Wolverines. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Now that Michigan has won the national title though, the big question is after the game, is this Harbaugh's last game at Michigan? I think it is. I think he's going to the NFL. I think the place where he goes is the Chargers. I think it's a great job for him. He's got Justin Herbert. He could really get Herbert to the next level and get that organization to the next level where they're competing with Kansas City in the AFC West year in and year out. And I think that would be a great job for him to go to the to go to the Chargers, to go to LA, to go to the Chargers, and oh, and and work with Justin Herbert. So I, I think he's done. I think this is his last game at Michigan. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think so, too. Um, I know right before the game, a couple of days before the game, he hired the NFL agent, Donnie Yee, and he doesn't he's not he doesn't usually have an agent. So that kind of raises some alarms. And, you know, Michigan gave him a you know, well, Michigan, you know, the, it sounds like Michigan, you know, they have a 10 year, one hundred twenty five million dollar extension waiting for him on his desk. So and that's been there for pretty much around the time of the scandal came out. So. I think he would have signed that if he really wanted to go back. Um, he, he he wanted to go. He wanted to go. You know, he wanted to put his school or he wanted to put Michigan back kind of the top of the market. And you know, he got him. He got him back on the top. So I think he's done. And yeah, LA would be a great spot. He's had a lot of success out there. You know, um, Stanford, the 49ers, and even his first drive San Diego. He got him non-scholarship FCS school. Got on their first conference title year two and three. So he's won everywhere he's gotten. I know Brady's trying to get him to Vegas. That's, that's you know, he can go get his quarterback too, which might be McCarthy. So I know Herbert's really good, but that's one I could see. I think it's either the Chargers or the uh, Vegas Raiders. And um, just other, uh, you know, NFL breaking news, uh, Pete Carroll expected to be out as a Seahawks head coach, but oh could remain with team in different capacity. Wow, 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 wow. That that, that that's uh that's 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 definitely breaking news there with Pete Carroll. Uh yeah, that 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 one that one surprised me. That one really, really surprised yeah. me with Pete Carroll. I mean, I wonder who's gonna take that job. Do they go in house? Do they go do they go with Waldron? Do they go in house? Do they go with do they go in house with this move? That's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens there. So yeah, that's that one surprised me there. Yeah, definitely a little bit surprised. Surprised when I uh, did see that. Yeah, we'll you know kind of see what happens there. Interesting. The offense is good. We'll see. You know that defense hasn't been right the last couple of years. So yeah, maybe getting a defensive mind guy in there. Maybe it is in house to kind of maybe get that defense turned around there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what direction they go in. But that is definitely definitely surprising right there with Pete Carroll. But we got to wrap up the show talking about John Morant, and uh, he is out for the season for the Memphis Grizzlies. And the big question for the Grizzlies is: is sh- are they? Sh- are do you think? What are the chances of them getting the number one pick? There is a chance, but I don't think it's a great chance because 
I just don't think they'll be as bad as the Spurs and Pistons. I mean, no one's going to be as bad as the Pistons. I don't think they'll be as bad as the Spurs and Pistons. So I think it's, I think there's a chance, but I don't think there's a good chance for the Grizzlies to get the number one pick. Yeah, I'm with you. I I don't think it's very likely. Um, you know, the Pistons three wins. They they put up 47 the first quarter last night. Then they <laughs> only could score 40 the rest of the night against yeah. the Kings. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I with how bad the Spurs, Wizards, um, Pistons are, I can't see it. Maybe you get – you probably your best is probably going to be like the fifth, fourth best pick. So, yeah, I, I think it's very unlikely that they get the number one pick in, in the draft. There's some very bad teams this year in the league. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So that's going to wrap up this week on Sports Talk with R&J. We'll be back next week talking about the divisional round in the NFL playoffs, the coaching carousel in the NFL, and we're going to start talking about some UConn basketball as they start getting into Big East play. Got a big week next week as they as they host Creighton and then go to Villanova. So we'll be talking about be that. number one. Could be, be yeah, could, be, could be number tonight. one. Could be number one if Kansas yeah, lose tonight. tonight. If, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. With with uh, with with the two the top two teams going down, and uh, yeah, and and uh, if Kansas yeah if Kansas lose tonight, they're number four right now. So very very good chance we could see how the Huskies being the number one ranked team because they're not gonna they're not gonna lose the two games uh, uh, this week. They got they got Xavier on the road and then Georgetown, so they should be able to to win the two, their two games this week. So there's a very good chance that they could be number one. So. We'll be back next week. Talk about all of that. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down. Wide open. It's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field. But the problem is, since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.